0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: In nineteen ninety four, three point fouls were granted free three That That is a fun tongue twister to say. I am going to say that again. Mm-hmm. In nineteen ninety four, when you took a shot from behind the three foot, ye yee, ye. Yee. Let's, okay, and- let's go. Okay, let's go.
0: up nerds it's basketball welcome to horse a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses my name is mike schubert and i'm joined as always by my trusted co-host the being mean to teams that he's
1: blowing out to lebron james eric silver eric how's it going listen i love traveling i love traveling right in people's faces and no one can tell me about it because i am the best player in the nba
0: do you also love sliding on your socks when your team is winning by a lot of points i do like that that does sound like a lot of fun a couple years ago we got lebron doing the bottle flip challenge against my Knicks when they were winning by a lot. And now we have LeBron sliding around on the court in his socks against the Jazz. The disrespect.
1: Against the Jazz, LeBron dribbled up the court. He picked the ball up, took three steps, and then started dribbling again. And just no call. Absolutely not. That's what happens when you're LeBron. He has superpowers. Apparently he turns invisible when the refs look at him.
0: Yeah, he's like Nightcrawler, except he only disappears to refs when he bamf, bamfs.
1: And when LeBron goes bamf, he's like, oh, I'm old, my gastrointestinal tract. But, right.
0: but his body is so intact. <laughs> Because he spends a million dollars on it every year. Well, as we're getting into the rambling bits of horse, let's take a little bit of time to prep as we prepare in
1: what we like to call the Teal Memorial Locker Room. But Teal's not dead, so it's kind of a silly name. Listen, I'll hold all of my Anthony Davis's beast with a unibrow things to myself and we'll just move on. I got to lace it up. What? What? Anthony Davis is another person from X-Men.
0: Oh, Beast. The Beast. The beast, like the smart beast yeah. guy.
1: But instead
0: of being smart, he just has a unibrow. And he's not blue. He might be blue. Do you know what blue is? I do know. Yes. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> So, Eric, you know who is not blue, unless they want to be, or they... Or they are. Or they are, and we don't know. Our new patrons! Our new patrons! So, shout out to Nicole Arsenault, Allah Abdallah, and someone that didn't listen to my instructions last episode and made their username, "Shaq hates the Knicks," Which... <laughs>
1: <laughs> is not
0: true, and it hurts my feelings.
1: I did say that I was going to read it. If there are any Nick's bad ones, throw them over to me, and I'll introduce them This now. is just a lie. But to get
0: over this <laughs> lie, I will shout out our new producer-level patrons, Madeline Heising, and
1: the return of Wouter van der Maiden. Yes! Shout out to Wouter van der Maiden, who's, like, bringing basketball to the Netherlands?
0: He has started a Dutch basketball podcast called Dutch Basketball Podcast. Amazing. I'm Beautiful. very excited. We need to be on it at some point even though I know almost nothing about Dutch basketball. I will
1: hire a translator to be on the podcast.
0: Wouter speaks English. No, I know, <laughs> but like
1: I want multilingual. I need my hot takes multilingual. What I have learned about the
0: Netherlands from the brief travels that I've gone to there is that it is easier for people just to speak English than it is for them to speak Dutch over God, there. Got <laughs> So no worries. But those new producer-level patrons join our existing team of Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, I worked with Eric Stad, Shoebe Doobie do. I am Adam Silver. Blaal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle. Godzilla got busy. Dame Judy Dench is my DM, and I lost a bet to Eric Silver. Now I'm a double patron.
1: Mm. He has Luca, though. And Luca's just so great in all the different ways.
0: Uh-huh. He is. We'll be talking about that soon. We but call first... that a tease in the business. But first, we gotta talk about something that actually is great undisputably, and that's Wix, Wix. today's sponsor. Wix is a great way to make a website. Let's say you are a world-renowned past MVP of the NBA, but everyone hates you for some reason, (laughs) and you got to market yourself better to get your rep back up because for some reason, everyone doesn't like you and your very good beard. You could make a website with Wix. Making websites with Wix is super easy. I have done it. It is so simple. The templates are really nice. They're very intuitive. You don't need to know web design or graphic design or anything like that. If you do know that stuff, bonus, but you don't have to. It's very customizable, unlike other website providers, so you can tinker and tailor everything to your exact specifications and you get a free not even trial you can just make your website for free and there's no time limit on it and then if you want to upgrade to premium you can get a bunch of cool features you can link it up with a custom domain you can add email services stuff like that you can get 10 percent off as a horse
1: listener if you go to horsehoops.com slash wix and then click the link at checkout you'll get 10 percent off which is pretty sweet i do love discounts i also love mm-hmm. making websites for things that definitely need websites mm-hmm So if you want a very easy, simple, fun time making a website and you want to save some money 10% off while you do so, you can go to horsehoops.com slash Wix. And maybe it's just happening today, but I really want to shout out everybody who has been listening to us on Spotify Mm -hmm. and are now sharing it to us on Spotify. All of our mentions on Twitter and Instagram are totally messed up, both from Spirits, Potterless, Join the Party, and Horse. We really appreciate everyone who listens to the multitude shows and also giving a shot to this basketball show, which is nestled amongst three other nerdier shows and we are demonstrating that it's just as nerdy as everything else and our uh, horse heads the gallopers we're not naming our listeners it's so (laughs) gross I hate
0: that so much I hate when shows do that
1: well I'm not I'm just throwing names out there that I think could be cool if people wanted to unionize well I guess we we took a real hard (laughs) left turn there but thank you everyone for listening to us on Spotify we
0: appreciate it so we are ready we can now discuss basketball at hands we're ready to rock and we can enter our
1: first segment which is called full Court press. Get it like the news? Ah, uh, see, I'm still thinking about horse names. So you're just gonna have to go on without me. Alright, well, that's fine. Is it the galloping gang? Galloping gang. That's pretty good. No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> so
0: we have A lot of things going on in the NBA right now, one of which is very silly and obnoxious and one of which is a bit heated. So let's start with the silly and the obnoxious is that the NBA wants to institute a midseason tournament.
1: Oh, see, I thought it was the other way around.
0: No, no. This is silly because it might not happen for many years. And who's to say if it happens at all? The NBA wants to do a midseason tournament. And if you follow soccer... I don't know if other sports do this, but soccer has this going on where there's lots of other little tournaments that happen throughout the year. The NBA is looking to do the same thing. The problem is incentivizing this Mm -hmm. because why would the players want to do it? The players are... Not going to want to play extra games. So in this proposal, this preliminary thing that's been sent to the league, it would reduce the number of games in the seasons so that with the tournament included, you still aren't playing over 82 games or something where it's like the max you could play is 83. If it doesn't count towards the regular season, which thus counts towards your standings and thus for the finals, every important player is just going to sit out people are just going to take it as a vacation.
1: They're already sitting now. I think this is the problem is that we're still not reducing the number of 82 games and we're seeing this more than ever. I don't know if you're hearing the words load management around which Mm -hmm. always sounds like someone's trying to like take the files off their computer and put it somewhere else because like Hawaii just does not know what to do with his laptop. Older players or players with injuries are choosing to rest instead of playing regular season games because they don't matter as much. So like even if there is 82 games there's still going to be like 30% of games that play are going to take off, regardless of whether or not they contribute. Like, regular season games are supposed to contribute to the playoffs. Yeah,
0: so they haven't really said exactly what it would be. They've talked about different incentives. Money, obviously, is always an option. They've considered draft picks, but I don't know, you would add... Players
1: don't care about draft picks? Players
0: don't care about draft picks. The teams would. But there's not a lot of news about what the details are. But Bill Simmons, who has been championing for a midseason tournament for Literally decades. He actually, in his most recent podcast, came up with what I think is a very compelling is. way to do it. I'm and glad that you
1: brought this up because I thought that you staved off Bill Simmons like a uh, cold turkey.
0: I did. I This is the first time in, I think, 15 episodes that I've listened <laughs> to the Bill Simmons show. But because the NBA made it seem like they're leaning towards something truly in the middle of the season, like they've talked about it either being in November or January. So either before Christmas games or between Christmas games and the All-Star break. Here is Bill's plan. You would reduce the regular season to 72 games, which I think they should do anyway. Yeah. The way that it works now is every team plays the teams in the other conference two times each, and then teams in their conference three times each, and then teams in your division four times each. This 72-game thing, you would just play everyone in your conference three times and everyone in the other conference two times. Mm-hmm. Boom. You've reduced the season by 10 games. Less Yay! math. And no one other than Mike Schubert likes math. Oh, math it's, is fun. It's you and Daryl Morey, and that's it. Bill wants to make two cups. The first is the Russell Cup in New York, which, of course, it's going to be named after a Celtic. Bill Russell, 11 (laughs) rings when there were two teams in the league. Yay, Bill. So the Russell Cup would have the top 14 teams by record, and the top seeds would get a buy into the second round. The first and the second elimination rounds would be worth one win per game towards your regular season record. But when you get to the semifinals, when there's four teams left, each game is then worth two wins towards your regular season total. So I think that's pretty cool. The final game would be worth four wins and the 31st pick in the draft as a bonus. Then the Chamberlain Cup would be for the crappy teams so my Knicks, yay uh, this would happen in Las Vegas it'd be the bottom 16 teams the first three rounds would be worth one win each and then the final game is worth two wins I think that's pretty cool and then also in this podcast Bill also talked about doing his playoff play in where the top five seeds in each conference would be guaranteed and then you would do play in games single elimination where it'd be six versus 11 seven verse 10 eight verse
1: nine and then just go until you have eight and eight I think the interesting part about that one is that like LeBron's Lakers last season before AD Was there was fighting for like the tenth or eleventh spot in the Western Conference? So like, imagine having to make it to the playoffs, but you have to go through LeBron. Like LeBron would not let that happen. No, I think it'd be very fun. And
0: obviously, it's early on in the season, but we're recording this on December fifth. The rankings right now. At the eight seed, you have the Suns at 9 and 11. At the nine seed, you have the Blazers at 9 and 13. And then you have the Thunder and the Kings at 8 and 12 for 10 and 11. Same thing's going on in the East where you have at 8, the Magic at 10 and 11. You have the Hornets at 9 at 9 and 14. And then you have the Bulls and the Pistons tied at 8 and 14 for the two following spots. So this tends to happen every year where you have a bunch of people really close. And I think rather than it be tiebreakers or a half a game difference or whatever it is, because right now the only single element you get is in March Madness, and I think college basketball is incredibly boring and gross. So let's take the one good thing from college basketball yeah. and put it in the NBA. I think we should do it. That so works for me. That is what's going on with the in-season tournament. We will see. Uh, it probably won't
1: happen for many years, if it happens at all. I just don't think it's going to happen. I can't imagine that anyone wants to have this much fun, like with someone's professional job. Mm-hmm. I know it's an entertainment product, and I know that we're all having fun here, especially on horse. But like, I can't imagine that the governors of the league are going to be like, "Yeah, let's make a fun tournament and use this much gameplay." Play. Like we're playing a late season of Survivor. So that was fun and interesting and speculative.
0: Here's something that's makes me upset but is still speculative. Actually happening and probably happening in front of our eyes. Hey, so recently there has been a lot of hate from various sides thrown towards James Harden. And I used to not be a big fan of Mr. Harden. I was not a big fan of the Rockets.
1: But after performing on stage with a green... <laughs> facsimile of James Harden during the Horse Live show I think Mike is really open up to him.
0: I mean really what it is is that I love Russell Westbrook a lot so now I don't hate the Rockets and now I feel more sympathy towards them because James Harden has his, this negative reputation because of the way he plays which people don't like or whether it's the flopping or the step backs or the foul baiting or the lack of defense etc. But he has been getting shafted on multiple accounts. First off, didn't get player of the week the week where he scored 60 points in three quarters, which is bonkers. And he averaged 47 points per game that week and did not win player of the week. Carmelo Anthony did as a sympathy. Welcome back to the league. Welcome back to the league,
1: Melo. Hashtag
0: Melu. You played decently good basketball for three games. Yay, Carmelo. But then also he lost player of the month to Luka Doncic, which is a little more understandable because Luka is playing very well. I'm not trying to downplay his achievements there. I will say that the Mavericks lost to the Knicks twice in the same month. Yeah, all four wins. I, two out of four. I don't think that if your team... I will say
1: this is two episodes in a row that you are crowing about these wins.
0: But now it's more of a, if your team loses to the Knicks twice in a month, you should be barred from any potential award. I
1: like how you've come all the way back around. Is like, oh, the Knicks are going to be alright this season too. The Knicks are so bad, why? Pride with
0: it. We are are such doo doo. It is impressive (laughs) how bad at basketball we are. More so on a grander scale, that is upsetting me is that people love Luka Doncic and they're loving watching him play. They think he's great. He's on all the highlight reels, he's on all the articles, etc. And he plays almost identically to James Harden. But everyone's like, oh, I hate James Harden. All he does is take step back threes and try to get fouled. Have you seen Luka Doncic play basketball before? Oh, I hate James Harden. He doesn't play defense. Have you seen Luka Doncic play basketball before? So I get that he's the hot new thing. He's young and he's European and he's good looking. And he's fun and flirty. I guess. But I just don't get how in conjunction people can think, I hate James Harden so much, but I love Luka Doncic.
1: We started talking about this yesterday a little bit, and I started putting together the reasons why people are tired, I think, is what it ultimately comes down to of James Harden gameplay. And I think it just has to do with the Rockets in general everything that happens about the Rockets, they are emblematic of the way that the league is changing, and a lot of people don't love that. The fact that it's only three-pointers and layups, that they're trying to, like, work the numbers, and numbers are a way that, like, ruins the integrity of the athletics that we're doing! so dumb. Oh, I hate the Rockets because they're taking advantage of a flawed scoring system. Well, exactly. (laughs) I think that the fact that Daryl Morey started the whole China thing has also, like, really been grating on people Mm. because we had to think about Daryl Morey for a while. But... This also happens that James Harden won the MVP Mm -hmm. and then Giannis won it this year as like a rebuke to James Harden. So it's like he's already been on the decline last season and now it's really just he's doing more of the same. I think that also has to do with the fact that Russell Westbrook is now on the Rockets, that it's like the most polarizing good players in the NBA are on the same team doing the same things complaining to the refs when they're trying to get fouls, when they're trying to get to the line. And uh, I can see how all of that together makes it hard. Well, Mike, we talk about narratives all the time. The fun 19-year-old who was over in Europe, who's kind of cute and revitalizing a not-so-great Dallas team with Mark Cuban in the stands. Like, how can you not love that story from a dramatics perspective?
0: I, I can understand the story element of it, but like... I don't get when people are very excited about Luca and not about what James Harden is doing because the dude is nuts. Like the numbers he's putting up are ridiculous. The 60 60 points in three three quarters. quarters is insane. And then it's so strange because the Hawks announcers were trashing him because when he got subbed out, he then learned that he scored 60 points and James Harden was upset because his career high was 62. And this should show that he's not. Cocky because he wasn't keeping track of his own stats, he was just playing basketball. But there was a very fun clip of James Harden when they were playing against the Spurs. A Spurs fan yelled to James Harden, No one wants to see a free throw shooting contest as he approached the free throw line. And James Harden, not even letting him finish the sentence, claps back and says, Nobody wants to see fouls either. God damn it. I don't want to be fouled. I just want to take shots. Let me shoot. Just let me play basketball. Don't hit me. So I don't know. It's been very frustrating. It all happened in the same week. There was even the play where James Harden dunked a ball, and then they said, no, the dunk did not count.
1: That was stupid.
0: It just feels like the world is out against James Harden and not out against Luka, and I don't understand it.
1: I think, and I don't like agree with this at all, but I think that the combination of all those things like work against the fact that he's like, no, what he believes in us when it's to the Rockets— And they've been in contention for a long time. And they use the refs to their advantage to hunt for fouls and get to the free throw line. And, of course, they haven't won a championship. So it's like he doesn't even have much to back back up. The maps haven't been good in a decade. But Luka is fun and flirty. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just like people don't compare each other like that. They they like. The, they, it's about the storylines, which is why horse exists. Uh,
0: it's very frustrating to me. I don't think people should be so mean to James Harden. Why can't we just appreciate someone that's very good at
1: basketball and funny? I don't get it. Why do we have to hate him? Because he's been around for so long. We need something new and fresh and European, apparently. But we don't hate LeBron, and he's been around for 17 years. Yeah, but LeBron's our dad, and he's going to make Space Jam too. James Harden has a big beard. He can be our uncle. <laughs> James Harden should do something else. Like, maybe he needs to reinvent himself. Maybe he needs to put his beard in braids. That'd be cool. He gets a cornrow beard. And by cool, I mean terrible. <laughs> do not say that. I can't believe I'm going to let that stand. Give me the Drew Gooden squid. No, James, we it already back. said that. That was the worst. <laughs> We said that.
0: Yeah, that's going on. Give more love to James Harden. Don't like Luca because he's fun and flirty. I don't even want to get into side tangent of like, maybe it's a racist thing because We're Luca not, is white I'm and James I'm not is keeping black. that. It's not a racist I thing. I think
1: it might be. I don't. Everything in America is about race. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't like it. One, two, three, three, two, one, three on three. Mike, I think I've put together the three on three that has embodied everything we talk about on horse. Shaq, Shaq, and Shaq. This is the three best Shaq moments. To no, <laughs> we're not doing that. The way that the NBA changes over time, the ways that players affect the way that the game has changed, and how you are surprised that something needs to be instituted in the first place. Oh, I was remembering when we were talking about in the equipment draft that we did how the how the game clock and the shot clock now have to be synchronized, and that right. needed to be a rule change. Wow. And I'm like, why do you need to literally put this in the rules? This doesn't make any sense. So I found this amazing document that catalogs. All of the rule changes oh, from nice. 1947 onwards. Oh,
0: baby. When did they add the rule that dogs can't play basketball? It's not
1: actually in the rule book, hey. which is wild. Loophole. So I'm going to tell you about rule changes. These are the three smartest rule changes that made the NBA what it was, and the three rule changes that I can't believe someone needed to make an actual rule. Oh, good. This makes me very excited. All right. Are you ready? Which one do you want me to start with?
0: Let's start with the best ones, because I want to be surprised by someone having to write stuff in. This reminds me of... Something that I was doing for a Potterless Live segment where I was reading the Quidditch Throughout the Ages spinoff book, which is very bad. But (laughs) at one point they say that there are over 750 rules in Quidditch. Yeah. And when they're describing them in this book, they say, oh, the first 700 involve using a wand. I.E. you can't make magic. You can't use spells while you're playing the game. Why isn't rule one, no wands, and then you don't have to write 700 fucking rules?
1: I remember you did this before the Join the Party live show, and I was just like, it's a great question. Like You are wasting so much quill
0: ink, and they don't have typewriters or computers in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. They do bullshit with ink and quills. You're writing 700 rules that all could just be, hey, no wands. And, and then we'll just, do the other it's just rules. fifty-one.
1: Uh, well, that's because Quidditch isn't a real sport, and it's but, bad. But basketball is a real sport, and, and does true. need to change this over time. Yes, it does. Let's talk about the first smart rule. Uh, let's talk about zone defense. Ooh, this is interesting because zone defenses are coming back, right? So this is what we're going to get into this in a second. In the beginning of basketball, you could play zone. And for those of you who don't know, we talked about this on our Basics of Basketball Patreon thing, which you should subscribe to because we talked really interestingly about things about basketball. The zone defense is when you stand in a, a, like a specific zone on the court and you're defending that area of the court instead of following around a specific man. So you have a zone against man-to-man defense. Yeah,
0: you could have a situation where you have two guys at the top. It's like, okay, if anyone comes near this Corner of the key, I will guard him. If anyone comes near this side of the paint, I will guard him and stuff like that. It facilitates double teams. It stops people from driving the lane in the middle, but its usual weakness is that it allows for more three point shooting.
1: Exactly. But this was 1946. There was no three point line. So there's really not that many ways for you to break zone defense. Mm-hmm. And also, this was peak, just white guys in the NBA. Yeah. So they were just standing up there with their fucking rec specs and their marine ass glasses just throwing their hands up and no one would move it was so boring Mm -hmm. so the nba literally had to ban zone defense so that people would play one-on-one the matchups between players would be better it would create rivalries because like guys would be literally pushed up against each other Mm -hmm. and it would make a more interesting game which it did because now we continue to play basketball professionally but after 50 years in 2001 they decided that zone defense can be back but the biggest difference here is that they added defensive three-second violations, yeah. which is that uh, defenders cannot stand in the paint, that colored box in the middle of the court, uh, to prevent the fact that tall men can just kind of stand there and put their hands up and keep people from playing.
0: Looking at you, Shaq. Looking at you, Yao Ming. <laughs> Kembe Matombo.
1: We're looking at all of you. Get out of there. Minute ball. What's really cool about this in 2001, this is when Allen Iverson was like really fucking hitting it. So with the defensive three seconds, that means that small men who have like a death wish like Allen Iverson can drive to the rim and dunk it. This allowed for the proliferation of guards and wings to really take over the game. And now that Shaq is just making jokes in the NBA and TNT studio, it's not really a center's league. It's not like a big man's league anymore.
0: It's more of a big man's league if you can do other things, like be a Karl-Anthony Towns and shoot threes and play in the post, stuff like that.
1: Right. Like you don't see Giannis just standing there getting blocks. He's the one running to the basket and getting dunks because not many people can actually stand there and help him. So I think that the change of zone defense demonstrates how the the game got better. You needed to take it away so people didn't use it as a crutch, but then you had to put it back to make it more strategic.
0: But then you still had to have one element in it so that you're not stagnant. I think it's pretty nice. It's a very sophisticated
1: approach I to solving an issue. Yeah. Also, shout out to all those guys in marine glasses who just kind of like 1945. It's like, I'm going to stand right here and everyone's going to think I'm good at basketball. Looking at you, Chet. Looking at you, Mark Steve. It's hyphenated. Mark Steve. Yeah. His parents wanted more, but at the war effort, you couldn't just afford to just have one name. So was Mark Steve. Mark Steve. Hyphenated. This is almost like you laughing at my joke. It's almost the same. Uh, Let's go to the second one. Uh, Let's talk about the shot clock.
0: Do mm-hmm.
1: you know, the shot clock wasn't a part of the NBA for a really long time? Yeah, it
0: was gross. It was very boring. Teams would be up and they would just dribble around and play keep away. Not entertaining to
1: watch. Mike, do you know what the lowest scoring game in NBA history is? I'm going to guess 12 to 14. That is? Is not what it was. Okay. (laughs) All right. Here's a headline: Fort Wayne Pros freeze ball, beat Lakers by a record 19 to 18. I wasn't that far off. Not bad. Not bad. Shout out to the Fort Wayne Pistons, (laughs) who their entire strategy they were a part of eight of like the ten least scoring games of all time because their thing was to get up by like three points and just play keep away for as long as possible. And the shout out to the Minnesota Lakers because that makes more sense. So the wild thing about that game uh, between the Pistons and the Lakers is that it took four years to put the the shot clock in. I was like, the game took four years? So much keep away. The NBA is like, I don't know about this, this whole clock situation. Jeez. Uh, The other thing, and here's more secret racism, shout out to America, is that teams were very resistant because they said it took strategy away from the game and turned the game into a track meet. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. 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 shout out to jesse Owens. <laughs>
1: there you go all right so now the shot clock is there 24 seconds it's always been 24 seconds i really wish that college would make their shot clock 24 seconds instead of 36 because it's like 36 is too long i think it's now 30 but still 30 is Way too still long. too long mm-hmm. like 24 seconds still feels like a lot
0: 24 seconds is just the right amount of time and I love that the NBA, even now, after an offensive rebound, dropped it down to 14 seconds. That's very fun. Yes. So I think it it's more fun to put pressure on. You want a time constraint in some regards. And that takes more strategy than just playing keep away, you know, which is never
1: fun to watch. It's different than full court press. Get it. Like the knee. It's defense. Ah, uh, yes. All right, number three. In 1994, if you took a shot behind the three-point line and you were fouled, Now, you get three free throws when the foul is called.
0: Originally, you just got the two?
1: Yes. Like, anywhere on the court, you just got two foul shots. But now, when you got hit behind the three-point shot, you can actually take three. What's fun about
0: this rule is there's rumors that they might change this one. They might revert it because they are afraid that too many people are going specifically for bait three-point fouls. Like,
1: I don't know if you, like, hack into my fucking notes before, (laughs) but I truly am going to get there. Oh, cool. No, No, it's good. No, I'm glad. Because we're going to talk about your least (laughs) favorite person in the NBA, past, present, and future. Reggie Miller? It's Reggie Miller!
0: This Kodak moment right here,
1: baby. Getting fouled. So the rule was originally put together to protect people who were taking three-point shots. It's taking a little while for three-pointers to be integrated into the Mm -hmm. offense, especially in the 90s where people were just kind of like... Just dunking and hurting each other down low. That was like the entire offense. It's always very
0: fun to watch an old game from the nineties because when people shoot threes, the announcers are genuinely confused and excited. Why? Why do that? John Starks for three. It goes in. How many points? How many points is that? I don't. (laughs) I
1: I gotta check my notes. I love it so much. So they needed to protect players who wanted to shoot three pointers. So that's why they changed it to this. But the problem was is that people would start hunting to get fouls while they hit the three point shot because 3 is more than 2. It also I don't understand why this took so long for them to do it because
0: the whole point of foul shots is oh you tried to shoot a basket that's worth 2 points and you got fouled as compensation at what's like and not reve- what's nice revenge retribution. There you go. As retribution, (laughs) like nicely revenge. As retribution, you will get to shoot two free throws to get the two points that you should have been allowed to shoot normally without the constraint of someone fouling you. If someone shoots a three-pointer, why were they still to say, ah, you were trying to shoot
1: something worth three points. You still get two shots, dweeb. I don't know. It's like no one realized that three points were like actually a thing. No one realized that threes were like a thing until like 2007. Well, here's the problem. As people were hunting to get those fouls so that they could have three-point plays and then four-point plays when they make the shot and then you get an extra free throw on top of that. Notoriously, Reggie Miller loved to do that. He loved to get people to foul him while he shot a three-point up, and he did that his entire career. Reggie Miller was the original flopper. Yeah. So if he ever says anything negative when people flop, it Boils my blood. It's because he did it. It, And in fact, they named this rule after him because (laughs) he did it. In 2012, they made a rule that referees would not call fouls if shooters were the ones who initiated contact. So if you took a shot from the three-point line, and you leaned into your defender so it seemed like your defender made contact with you, that would no longer be called as a foul.
0: It's funny that they instituted that in 2012 because it hasn't really been until starting last year and now actually this year where they're starting to not call those, or in some cases they call it offensive fouls, Yeah, which is nice because it got really bad in 2015-ish when Chris Paul would do the thing where, like, when the clock was running out and people normally take big, long half-court shots, he would just try to dribble straight into a
1: defender and then chuck a half-court shot and be like, that was a normal shot. Right. I think this also, I mean, part of the reason why people don't like James Harden. James Harden loves to figure out ways to make it work for him. Mm -hmm. And he's like really sneaky about it. The thing is, with him now doing more step-backs, it's gotten less gross. It's like he's doing the opposite. He's trying to create space. I think the fact that this just complicated it at all is mm-hmm. this is what the rule is trying to say. It's like the ref does not need to make a determination about who did it. It's like I can just not call it if necessary. And like if it's really flagrant, then it's like an offensive foul. No. Really Which good. is nice because the rules should make everyone should be able to play by the same rules and the mm-hmm. refs should make their lives a little bit easier. Because yes. they're too busy fucking up other things, like LeBron picking up the ball. Because mm-hmm. apparently he bamfed. I do not like that. LeBron should not be allowed to teleport. That's why he got all of those blocks, because he bam, he Bamf, baby. Listen, let me put away my X-Men, uh, my comic book for later. And I want to talk about it. the three, I cannot believe this needed to be a rule, rules. I'm very excited. Mike, in 2006. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a head coach may request a timeout at any time during a game as long as his team possesses the ball or there's a suspension of play.
0: Meaning a foul
1: or something. So that had to be codified because, so I guess somewhere in the rules, when they put this together, previously, a head coach may request a timeout only if there is a suspension of play due to a player suffering an injury where bleeding occurs. Oh my gosh. Why? Why is that in there? That's so funny. (laughs) Because that rule was not followed for decades. Right. Like, it's just in the rule book. It's like one of those rules where you flip through. It's like, oh, my God. Women aren't allowed to vote in this town. <laughs> Did we not check that? What? <laughs> Did oh. we not go to that one?
0: Oh, jeez. That's so funny that it specifically said blood. <laughs> Dog, the old NBA was hard. No blood, no foul, baby. Street ball
1: rules. Only if you're bleeding can you... Only when you're bleeding can a coach call timeout, apparently.
0: That's a very good trash talk thing to do if you're ever playing street ball. Like, if someone calls a baby foul on you and you disagree with it and you just act very concerned towards the person and then you go, Oh my God, are you bleeding? And then they'll go, no, I'm okay. They'll be like, Oh, why'd you call a foul?
1: <laughs> you <must laughs> Trash so talk is so terrible. Oh my God. I'm infuriated, and you're telling me a story Mm -hmm, about this. mm -hmm. It works. I'm going to move on before I (laughs) put a blood foul on you right now. My number two rule, which I cannot believe has to be a rule, came in 1980. In 1980, this is when we had such amazing rules as the game clock and the red light on the backboard need to be synchronized. Very good. Very good. A classic. Here's a fun one. Elimination of jewelry and any equipment dangerous to other players.
0: Not surprised. There were a lot of players in the 70s that played with gold chains
1: on. Yeah, because you could just do anything in the 70s. Willis Reed to always had a
0: gold chain on.
1: You could have a pocket watch just dangling out. Not a rule. Mm -hmm. Do whatever. Have giant hoop earrings. Do whatever you want. Was there an
0: incident in particular that sparked this or was it just, oh, hey, guys, this is silly? No,
1: I think this is just like the codifying of everything because there are some specific things that they need to get into here. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's funny when they try to put the rules in. It's like at a music festival when they need to list every single thing that you can't bring in Mm -hmm. because someone definitely tried to do it at one time. It's like, hey, you can't have drones. You can't have Frisbees. You can't have puppies. You can't have balloons. You can't have bubbles. you Mm -hmm. You can't have trash cans. You can't have any of these things.
0: Pro tip, if you want to sneak stuff into a music festival, get uh, calf-high socks and put stuff in there. Four cliff Bars, each sock, baby!
1: Mike, you're the kind of guy who tries to sneak in cliff bars into a music festival.
0: Look, the food is $88 for a hamburger. I'm going to sneak in some cliff bars to keep me alive at Free Press Summerfest in Houston, which was an outdoor music festival in Houston, Texas, in fucking
1: July. Dislike. I dislike that. Unsubscribe. All right, let's talk about the things that you can't do. Players are not permitted to play with any type of hand, arm, face, nose, which is different than face, Mm -hmm. ear, which is also different than face, head, which is different than ear, I guess, or neck jewelry. Have any equipment which is of hard substance like a cast, a splint, a guard, or braces. I know it meant like arm braces, yep. but I think it's funny that it's mouth braces. <laughs> Gotta wear a mouth guard. <laughs> must be padded or foam covered and have no exposed sharp or cutting edges. Face masks, eye or nose protections must conform or contour to the face and have no sharp or protruding edges. I think that this is the rule why people have such ridiculous face guards when like they break an eye bone. It's like the ones that look like you're a, uh, a wax figure of yourself. I think this is the rule that makes this happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to not have anything that could jag out on anyone else. I'm sure they're also preventative of (laughs) your face getting hurt worse. But why does
1: it look like you're going to rob a bank? Like, why do you need to look like that? I mean, if you robbed a bank with a clear mask, that wouldn't do anything. I mean, okay, you have Richard Nixon's face, like, painted on top of it.
0: I'm so mad that they got rid of the ones where you could get the carbon fiber villain looking masks that LeBron
1: and Kyrie wore. Those, were cool Those are kind of cool as hell. Bring them back. That's good. And finally, my third ridiculous rule. I cannot believe that this need to make a rule. I feel like we talked about this a little bit before, but uh, when you took a free throw, you're no longer to jump past the line when you take the free throw.
0: Yeah, I know the reason why this is. Tell me about it. Wilt Chamberlain used to just get a running start and then shoot
1: a finger roll layup yep. <laughs> for free throws. Now, Wilt Which came- is way more fun! (laughs) Will Chamberlain used to do a lot of shit. Sometimes he would just throw the ball, and he would take a running start, throw the ball off the backboard, and then just take one step and dunk it home. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were also rumors that Will Chamberlain could dunk from behind the free throw line, Mm -hmm. and he would just, like, do it. So... (laughs) This is more of an NCAA thing. So back in 1955, he dunked from the free throw line and everyone was so afraid about it that they called up the NCAA and told them not to let him do it. Mm-hmm. So the NCAA put into their rules that you could not dunk from the free throw line at any time. Yep. Because Wilt was like, hey, I don't really like shooting free throws. I'm actually kind of bad at it. And you know, 18-year-old Wilt Chamberlain. He's mm-hmm. like, what if I just dunked? <laughs> That's amazing. I think they should change the rule
0: now to where you have to shoot it from behind the free throw line and you can't go forward unless you dunk it. It should be one of the two. You either can shoot a normal free throw or you have to dunk from behind the free throw line because that would be incredible.
1: I like even if you did like a double clutch. Like if you look like you were going up to dunk it and then you pulled it down. Like you need to start with the ball above your head.
0: The thing is I think too many players could make the layup. So I think that should be the risk reward is that if you go for it, you gotta dunk.
1: It's like a two point conversion. I agree with that. I also want like players have to start running with the ball above their heads like i'm doing it i'm going to do it or like you need to have a fair catch like i'm gonna dunk for the free throw line no one stop me
0: that'd be very very fun
1: so those are the rules changes both good and bad that happened to our good sport of basketball that's very good i'm glad you taught me about stuff pretty much
0: all these were all good things all positive things happening because what i have prepared for this that actually happened is only negative there's nothing (laughs) good about this everything about this is bad and horrible the only good thing is that it doesn't exist anymore.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Hey, Eric, did you know that in 2012, the Brooklyn Nets, no longer the New Jersey Nets,
1: made a mascot called the Brooklyn Knight? Oh, this is it. And it existed right, for two happening. years. All right. I'm bracing myself. I know that this day would come. Uh, all of the Nets fans, just sign off. Stop listening now. Mike's going to hurt you. Horribly. You've been teasing this for episodes
0: now. I have been teasing this for for a very long time. In my ever-growing list of potential things to do on an episode of Horse, the Brooklyn Knight has been there for a very long time, and I was waiting for the right moment to do it. And now is the season because Nets fans think they're high and mighty because they got... Kyrie and KD. They're off to a blistering 11-10 and 10 start this year. So, yay, that's what happens when you think the earth is flat. So I'm here to let everyone know that the Nets had the most terrifying mascot of all time. And it was in the league for just two seasons, and that was two seasons too many. So I did a lot of research about the Brooklyn oh my Knights. God. And you'll notice that I'm not putting a pause in between when I say Brooklyn Knight, because the official name of this mascot is is The Brooklyn uh. And it's spelled B-R-O-O-K-L-Y capital K-N-I-G-H-T. <laughs> oh, so it's God. not The Brooklyn Knight. It's The Brooklynite. But if you look at it, it's it looks like The Brooklyn Knight.
1: No, I got it. it, I, it I looks understand.
0: like Brooklyn Knight.
1: I know, I, I got it. I understand what you're
0: getting I also don't think there's actually a the, so when they refer to it in the proper sense, he's just Brooklyn Knight. I <laughs> like. I get that. It. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be Brooklynite, like someone from Brooklyn, but it's gross, and I don't like it.
1: I think it's underrated about, uh, and I don't know if you're going to talk about Jay-Z's involvement with the Nets, because I feel like he was a part of a lot of this stuff. He was a
0: minority owner, and he was a big face of their rebrand. Basically, Mikhail Prokhorov, this Russian dude, bought the Nets, and then he was like, hey, Jay-Z, you'd make all of the important decisions. He was like, okay, first thing, get out of New Jersey. Second thing, no colors, just black and white. (laughs) Are we going to keep the name the Nets? They're
1: just named after a piece of equipment. Yeah, I kind of like that. (laughs) Have you been listening now to Jay Z? Now that uh, it's on Spotify again, oh, he's I back! Is yeah. Big Pimpin' back on Spotify? It is. Thank fucking
0: Christ! Thank. Oh, I was waiting for Title to crumble. Breaking news. It was <laughs> nice when Beyonce was like, "Hey, Jay Z, can I get my shit off Title?"
1: <laughs> and what I'm trying to say is, I feel like Jay Z made it like super corny, like these these puns and like the use of Biggie in their jerseys. Who I was feel- a Knicks fan? Right. Fair. <laughs> like, also fair. And also, like, the fact that it did their jerseys now just say Bedsty, which is Bedford-Stuy, <laughs> which is where Notorious B.I.G. grew up and Ugh. is a notorious black neighborhood, <laughs> But, like, it's not really related to the Nets at all because they're in a totally different part of Brooklyn. It is the anyway.
0: neighborhood of a borough of a city. Exactly, It's so specific. It'd be like if the Knicks had jerseys that said 34th Street on that them. Would suck. <laughs> I would
1: fucking hate that. But I feel like it's super cheesy. It's like in yeah. New York and Brooklyn for tourists. All of this is just where they're like, Hey,
0: Brooklyn's the cool one, right? So it's just you, if you want to actually be like Brooklyn, actually be like Brooklyn. So they made this mascot, they contracted out Marvel to make it. They spent, Wait, m- really? Yes, this
1: is related to the thing. Oh my god, it all comes back around. It was
0: the second time that Marvel had teamed up with the NBA, right. most famously after this ESPN
1: stuff. Now, do we have any definitive proof that it is not Deadpool? Underneath the Brooklyn Knight face mask.
0: Yes, because the Brooklyn Knight could not smile. <laughs> well, neither I neither could Deadpool. But Deadpool likes to smile after he makes good jokes. <laughs> the Brooklyn Knight was made in conjunction with Marvel. Millions of dollars were spent. And of course, like anything good after you spend way too much money on it, there was an official press release. Now, the official press release has been scoured from the internet. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, of course. But they is. did not delete the photo gallery and the video gallery that were associated with the press release. And there are still some quotes that are out there. So the first quote that I have is from Marvel editor Bill Roseman. He said, quote, Forged from the blood, sweat and tears of Brooklyn itself, always ready to defend his home and defeat any challenger, all hail the Brooklynite.
1: Oh my god. Oh, he
0: didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> When Nets fans meet their guardian, they will immediately know that the House of Ideas, capital H, capital I, has once again unleashed a hero who will soon be known all over the world for his nobility, grit, and strength. Brooklyn, your champion, is here. I hate
1: this, Mike. I hate this so much. Don't worry. Why? Why? (laughs) Why would you do this to me? Don't worry, there's more. No!
0: Brett Yormark, the chief executive officer of the Brooklyn Nets, said, quote... Brett Yormark was also the MVP of the NBA in the 1947-1948 season. (laughs) Brooklynite, so know the Brooklynite, is a superior combination of strength, power, and confidence. Superior to what? You have to compare (laughs) something to another thing for it to be superior. Sounds just like Brooklyn to me.
1: Because, yeah, when I think of Brooklyn, I think of strength, power, and confidence. It's like I can see the word cloud that they put together in the meeting. It's like it's I'm envisioning the whiteboard. And it's like grit, strength, confidence, nobility. Hey, use these adjectives, guys. And, and then
0: on the other side, they have adjectives actually about Brooklyn. Fixed bicycles. <laughs> beanies. When they unveiled the Brooklynite. Sorry. When they unveiled Brooklynite. <laughs> It's his name. First name Brooklyn, last name Knight. No, first name Brooklyn, last name Knight. (laughs) Jesus. When they unveiled him, they did so. And here's a video that we will put on the website at horseshoops.com for the episode page. They descended him from the ceiling and he had sparks attached to his shoes. Oh. Because of this, he had to stay perfectly still. (laughs) So it's very fun. Because you have a man in a black spandex suit descending from a dark ceiling with sparks shooting out of his shoes that looks dead because he's not <laughs> because moving. He can't, move. he can't move out of fire concerns. So he looks like a deceased person. He does,
1: look, he does
0: look dead. And then he comes down, waits way too long to get out of the harness, and then does a cool superhero punch of the ground as if he landed from a large descent. But that's it.
1: Oh, you mean the Marvel superhero pose? Yes. Yeah, that's hilarious.
0: He did this after a five to seven second pause of being on the ground <laughs> and standing straight up. Brooklynite, uh... baby. Let's go into what Brooklynite looks like. He's wearing a black spandex suit, he has chain nets. On baskets, it's very common for in outdoor parks, you'll have chain nets because they don't tear like cloth nets Oh, you mean
1: like because of the Brooklyn Nets.
0: And Exactly. Those are his shoulder pads. (laughs) He also has a reflective Brooklyn Nets logo chest plate. He's just wearing what looks like, at the time, Allbirds in 2012, (laughs) the precursor to Allbirds. And then he has a paneling on the side of his black spandex pants that match the... Jagged parquet court, so he just has diagonal lines that mimic the
1: wooden court of the Brooklyn Nets on his spandex pants. To me, it looked like he was wearing track pants. Pretty much, why was he wearing track pants? He's basically just wearing yoga pants. Oh my god! He also got those Lululemons. That's that's Brooklyn, right? He also has very cool
0: reflective. Everything is chrome. He has chrome reflective elbow pads and knee pads because you know safety. Then he also has a face mask, which is pure death. It is pure scary. It's a death mask. It's not- Because he's a dead man, because that's how they introduced him. It's not good at all. It's incredibly reflective, so it's hard to make out facial. No, I don't.
1: (laughs) You showed me a photo with him with children. Why would you do that?
0: Look how unhappy they all look. (laughs) He has a purely reflective mask. He has the superhero mask type thing, kind of like Deadpool where he has white where his eyes should be Mm -hmm. underneath the mask. You'll, it's hard to make out because he is so reflective, but that is a smile. No! With vertical bars in it to kinda look like teeth. When you first look at it, you think that's kinda scary. He, Because his eyes are angled downwards, he looks like he's looking at you menacingly. Right. But then you realize it's a smile, and then it somehow gets worse because of that. <laughs> because he's supposed to look happy,
1: but he doesn't. Now Mike, uh, I know I'm crossing companies, but you wanna know how I got these scars? A partnership between the Brooklyn Nets and Marvel. Figure that out. Oh, here's
0: what else is great because of Marvel. Uh, Every fan in attendance at that first home game where they unveiled the Brooklyn Knight got a 32-page comic book.
1: Yes, this is what we were talking about. Brooklyn
0: Knight. And uh, not pretty. It's terrifying. His smile looks a little bit better, but that didn't convey until the real thing. And then there's just all these pictures and stuff in the comic book, and he dunks, and that's very fun and all well and good. But he's terrifying. He doesn't look fun. The whole thing of mascots is that they're supposed to look fun for children. The Cavs have a dog that's very cute. The Pelicans had to rebrand Pierre their Pelican because the first one looked terrifying.
1: And the King Baby.
0: Mm -hmm. They had to rebrand Pierre to look nice the whole thing is that it's supposed to be good for kids the Sixers that were going to make a big Ben Franklin there mascot Ben Franklin fucks because Ben Franklin amazing as we as you learn from episode two of horse Ben Franklin fucks but then they said you know what we should make it a dog and just name it Franklin because this is for children this mascot looks like a homemade mascot <laughs> like when you're in a kick-ass and you're just doing your own shit
1: here is the thing that I don't like about the Brooklyn Knight. Everything is that we have, po- we oppose the fact that he is a superhero. But even in the comic book, all he does is basketball things. He just dunks. Like, but why didn't he go out and fight crime?
0: Oh, I mean, he's ready to defend his people. He will court- defend net? his home and defeat any challenger. The net and the court. Apparently, that's it. So there's more or worse things about Brooklyn. Oh, Knight. Oh no! So you think his name Brooklyn Knight? That's cool. You know who else is called Brooklyn Knight? A very famous porn star <laughs> named Brooklyn. Night, yeah, but N-I-G-H-T. Shout out to Isaac Rauch from Deadspin, R-A-P, R-A-P, R-A-P.
1: and and Dale.
0: Because when the Nets announced this, he made an article that was basically, uh, there's a (laughs) porn star called Brooklyn Night, and some of her most recent credits at the time that he wrote it were, quote, Black in the Crack 4. Oh, no. Knocked Up and Naughty 2, Sweet and Nasty Teens, and in the most Brooklyn Night basketball-themed one, 10-man cum slam 23.
1: So much better than 10-man cum slam 22. They
0: made 23 (laughs) 10-man cum slams?
1: We we took different jokes. We did different jokes with that one. That's 230 men. I know I'm the math guy here, but... Who's to say they didn't repeat? There's anywhere from 10 to 230 men. There's a range. (laughs) It gets even... Worse, worse. I hope, Who are these people listening to Horace for their children? I hope they don't
0: exist. We have the explicit tab, so not our fault. You know what else the Brooklyn Knight had, which isn't good? Which Brooklyn Knight? Bro- We're done with the porn We're done star. with the she, she, No more notes about her.
1: Now, did she go to the games? I would hope. Uh, she's Brooklyn
0: She is? She's Brooklyn Knight. We're talking about Brooklyn Knight. No. <laughs> so Brooklyn Knight, who is supposed to be a mascot that appeals to children... Guess what? He had a fucking van. <laughs> he had a van. And not a cool van. No. It's a bad van. It's a kidnapper free candy van, which has his angry face on it.
1: When you said van. The first thing I wanted to do was be like, okay, you know, they do need a street team van. My mom used to live next to a guy who worked for the Nashville Predators, and he had, like, a branded, like, but it was bright gold because that's the Nashville. And, like, it does have their, like, saber tooth tiger cute mascot on it. But I was like, you know, they do need the van for, like, promotional things, but then you showed it to me. And the Brooklyn Knight being on it, who somehow looks fearsome. The Marvel thing that doesn't make any sense to me is that they didn't make a children-friendly version of it. Like, he's a gritty, grimdark Brooklyn hero, and that's the icon they're using everywhere. He looks like a villain. He does look like a villain. He looks like a bad guy. And the van is janky. Look at
0: those four-inch rims. It's terrifying. It is not a new, nice, pristine van. It's old and gross, and I hate it. But there's more. (laughs) Zach Lowe, who has a soft spot for mascots and all this stuff, wrote, it was when he was at Grantland at the time, when they got rid of the Brooklyn Knight, because after the 2014 season, when everyone hated the Brooklyn Knight, they got rid of him. So Zach wrote a farewell homage RIP memorial to the Brooklyn Knight, and he talked about from personal experience being terrified of the Brooklyn Knight, says, quote, he couldn't smile. It was legitimately jarring to turn the corner in the bowels of Barclay Center and suddenly come <laughs> face-to-face with the night. <laughs> I
1: can imagine Zach Lowe getting scared by him.
0: Just walking down the hallway and then being, Oh, ha! Ha! <laughs> oh
1: it's, so, oh, it's ha! just you,
0: Brooklyn. Brookly. It's uh, Brookly. It's just you. So in his first home game, when he was trying to hype up the crowd and get all excited as Brooklyn Knight gets a t-shirt cannon ready to do t t-shirt toss. He shoots a t-shirt straight into the American flag, suspended from the rafters. Very <laughs> ominous, auspicious start. Oh, no. Also, there is a clip. Again, this will be on the website. This is him in one of his first attempts to do a very cool trampoline dunk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. You will notice
0: that the ball is wedged in between the shot clock <laughs> and the camera above the backboard, which no one has ever done before, <laughs> and no one ever will do. This YouTube clip features amazing Nets announcer Jan Eagle talking about it and he goes, You couldn't do that again if you tried it a hundred times.
1: <laughs> oh no, I can't. Like I'm er- So Please. they had to stop the game to get the ball out of the shot clock. Oh no. Mike, I don't know if I can take more
0: information. I'm not done yet. Oh, no. Because the Brooklyn Knight also has an Instagram page, which has not been deleted. <laughs> Smart. Everything on the internet lives forever. There are 282 posts on this Instagram page. That's a lot. You can look at all of them. His username is the Brooklyn Knight. Most of the photos are him with children, and most of them have children being terrified. Yeah, that like child in this is photo not I'm showing like you that. right now. No, people don't enjoy him. His last post, unfortunately, was 320 weeks ago, so not super active, (laughs) but it is still up there if you want to see a bunch of pictures of people not looking super stoked to be photographed with Brooklynite. Yeah. In 2012, the Nets spent millions of dollars to make a mascot that was so bad that they canceled him after two seasons, and he was terrifying, and he was nightmare fuel, and he was gross, and nobody liked him, and that actually happened.
1: That actually happened. That was a roller coaster. Yeah. I learned so much that I did not want to hear. I feel like you did such a good job with that that I need to console you with something. Um I don't know if you've ever seen a photo of Mavs Man. Oh, the... Mavs
0: Man is terrifying. There is. No, I Mav's, got you, yeah, Mav's, Mavs Man, man is you. bad.
1: Mavs Man is very very bad.
0: Mavs Man walked so that Brooklyn Knight could drive his van into an American flag. <laughs>
1: We'll post a photo of Mass Man, because he is definitely a precursor to Brooklyn Knight. Yeah. I can only assume that Marvel had a big hand in Mass Man as well. He looks like a fake, like one of those Halloween costumes that are supposed to be something else that aren't. So this is like American Basketball League mascot. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah br-
0: terrible. Brooklyn Knight, we all knew it was bad when it came out. And I don't understand how these people in higher up positions look at things and go, yeah. Smart. Good job. Good. You know, you want to do Terrify the Kids. And I was terrified of mascots as a child. Absolutely terrified of the nice happy looking ones. My parents went to Rutgers and when I was a kid we went to a Rutgers basketball game and they have a big foam crusader. The Scarlet, the Scarlet Knight. Scarlet Knight. And he, their logo he looks menacing but the mascot is still like kind of happy. As happy as a knight He's can like be. over, he's like squishy. Like it's yeah. oversized. So big that you know it's not a real person. Yeah. I'm still terrified of it at age seven or however old I was. Can you imagine being a kid and seeing this shit? Well that's
1: why all the kids taking a photo with him look so unhappy. Well, oh, and it's everything is chrome, so you can just see your own fear in his <laughs> eyes, literally. So bad.
0: So, so, so bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver.
1: The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campomanas. And the website is by Kelly Bettman. Shout out to our producer-level patrons. Brand Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge. I Work With Eric's Dad, shoo dooby doo I Am Adam Silver, Hi Dad, Bial Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla got busy. Dame Judy Dench is my DM. I lost a bet to Eric Silver, and now I'm a double patron. Walter Vandermaiden and Madeline Heising. I keep thinking about the Brooklyn Nets, so I don't have a good joke here, but you can find us on the internet <laughs> at horse hoops on Instagram and Facebook. And horse Underscoops <laughs> <laughs> and horse underscore hoops on Twitter. Because, as we say every episode, it's because
0: the Brooklyn sorry Brooklynites <laughs> ran horse hoops and he got mad.
1: That's true. We also might be able to get Horse Hoops back. I know. So, Twitter might be releasing them sometime this month. We'll have to see. We'll see. Our website is horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and photos of the Brooklyn Knight terrorizing children and the rest of the visual stuff that you can't see because this is a podcast.
0: If you want some more sweet bonus content, such as Eric and I cowering in fear of Brooklyn Knight for 30 minutes in audio format or doing three on threes into five on fives, streams of us playing various NBA video games, you can head on over to patreon.com. Slash We're actually getting ready to send out the jerseys to our
1: jersey-level patrons and above. We've sent out stickers recently. There's a bunch of good stuff over there. Mike, you know who would never abuse the... I. You know who would never abuse the refs and only gets foul shots when it's necessary? Not the Brooklyn Night, because that seems right up his alley. Not Reggie Miller, not James Harden, <laughs> not the Brooklyn Night, but we're talking about Multitude. Hey. Now, hey, I don't know if you know, but Multitude has an exclusive membership only podcast. It's called Head Heart Gut. That's when we argue about groups of three in pop culture or things in our lives, and we decide which one is the best, and everyone in Multitude argues about them. This month on Head Heart Gut, we're talking about cutlery. Everyone enjoyed the party. Me, Brandon, and Amanda are arguing which piece of cutlery is best, the knife the fork or the spoon. I got the fork. I think I'm going to crush it.
0: I hope you do. In the potterials episode that came out this week, I said
1: that I hope the fork person mentions that you can eat yogurt with a fork if you're in a pinch. I did not bring that up, but it, that sounds like you were a bachelor for a long time. It was more of... <laughs> Brandon really like that <laughs> It was less of that.
0: It was more of my work had lots of plastic forks in stock and not That's a right. lot of plastic When others. you told me that you ate food with two knives. I ate chicken breast with two knives uh, where you would jab the chicken breast at one point and then cut it with the other and then just kind of skewer use it. And then I've also eaten yogurt with a bunch of coffee straws just like put together <laughs> oh, Jesus and Christ. then just kind of funneling it into your mouth. Well, look, what? I got to get protein in. Otherwise...
1: I'm going to die. Well, Mike's going to reconsider his choices, but if you want to hear how color is supposed to be used, we argue with it. You can go to Multicrew.club, sign up for the Multicrew, where you can get that exclusive podcast head, heart, gut, only from Multitude.
0: And as we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. Uh, I think it's only fair to pay homage to our fallen hero, Brooklyn Knight, if we talk about what he stands for.
1: Oh good, I thought you were gonna make me say a porn title.
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) We will be saying the three things that he's known for, which is nobility, grit, and strength. So, on the count of three, one, two, three. three. Nobility, Nobility,
1: grit, and strength. strength.
0: Brooklyn, your champion is here.
1: (laughs) What were the other adjectives on that whiteboard? Silliness, high fives, tragedy. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, gentrification. You wanna know how I got this smile? It was on a whiteboard. The Brooklyn Nets paid
0: Marvel millions of dollars to make it. Jay-Z said it was fine. Ha
1: <laughs> he looks great. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all
0: your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, though.